0: Thank you It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood A beautiful day for a neighbor Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty woods A neighborly day for a beauty Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor Just like you I've always wanted to live in the neighborhood How many of you would agree with me that Mr. Rogers was arguably the the kindest man to impact popular culture in our age anyway? you agree with that? The way that he would walk inside the house, take off his coat, change his shoes, and welcome children all over the country into his home. He'd get down on his level, look at them in their eyes, talk with them about their emotions, their feelings, stuff that they were walking through, help them and us if you were on the other side of the TV process. I watched the documentary that Tom Hanks did of his life just a couple years ago, and in it his wife said that the same loving, compassionate, tender-hearted, kind man that you saw on TV is the same man that he was at home. I think one of the things that's unique to Mr. Rogers and what helped him to, to set a tone of kindness in our hearts and in our country is largely what was going on in our country at that time. We were in the Thick of the Vietnam War, his show first aired at the end of 1968, 1969. There were race riots going on all over our country. Emotionally, what people were experiencing was division and anger and anxiety. Man, 60 years later, we are in a very different time, but arguably experiencing a lot of the same emotions today. But the kindness that he expressed and shared with people marked our country. What comes to mind for you when you think about the word kindness. Was it a moment where maybe someone expressed unusual kindness to you? That's what we're going to be talking about today. My name is Josh Walters, and I'm one of the pastors here at the church. So glad that you're here to worship with us. I want to welcome you. If you're joining us online or at one of our campuses or here at Mount Pleasant, if it's your first time, we're just excited you're here and praying that in some way you would encounter the power and presence of God This weekend, last week, our lead pastor, Josh Surak, kicked off a new series for us called Set the Tone, where acknowledging the season of life that we're in as a country, what culture is doing all around us and heading into an election season where division and anger and tension is only going to escalate. We can choose to engage in the tone that that culture is going to set, or as Christ followers, we can set the tone ourselves. And for this series, that's right. That's something we can celebrate. We can do that. He's called us to it. And the passage we're looking at is from Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. It says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Last week, Pastor Josh did an intro, kind of an overview of the series, and looked at compassion. And this week, we're going to look at kindness. If you missed his message, I want to encourage you to go back and check it out either on the church website, Facebook, or YouTube. And as a side note, which is just incredible, just a couple of weeks ago, we surpassed 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. So every single weekend for every message, isn't that incredible. What's just awesome about that is that it's representative of every state in the US and nearly 100 countries around the world that every weekend when we bring the good news, experience worship together, that it hits the feet of 50,000 other people. So we just thank God one more time for being part of a global church that he's using. To reach so many people, just incredible. So what comes to mind for you when you think about the word kindness? If we were to go grab coffee and I asked you to define it for me, what kind of words would come to mind for you? Chances are, much like Mr. Rogers' wife, in trying to define it, you would say things like loving, gentle, compassionate, compassionate you know, like you would use some words that largely would stand apart on their own. We can define loving, we can confine, define compassionate or gentle, but kind or kindness seems to be kind of a culmination of all of them. And so to start off, I wanted to look at, at what does the word mean? Well, Webster's Dictionary defines kindness as a kind act. And I ain't the smartest dude, but when you use the definition of the word, you use the word in the definition of the word, your boy still doesn't know what it means, Right. And so I looked it up in the Oxford Dictionary, and they kind of went the Mr. Rogers' wife approach, compassionate, loving, gentle, comma, a kind act. So they kind of merged the two together. Well, the biblical definition in this case is the one that is most helpful to us. And throughout Scripture, kindness means to make oneself useful to another. So a kind act, meaning if I had an encouraging word or thought for you, but it never came out of my mouth, it would never be useful to you, thus it would never be a kind act. If I had resources that would be a blessing to you, but I never opened up my hands or heart to you to give them to you, they would never be useful to you. Thus never be a kind act. And so before we jump into looking at what would it look like for us to set a tone of kindness in our culture, I want to paint a little bit of a, a backdrop as to how kindness is used in scripture. What does it mean? What can we learn about it? The first of which is this, what is kindness? Number one, it is an attribute of God. If you were to do a word study on kindness in the Old Testament, what's interesting is that you would largely find it paired with the word justice. And we wouldn't necessarily put those two words together. People who are just are largely about what is right and wrong, good and bad, black and white. They're willing to make a hard decision regardless of how it feels. But someone is kind, who is kind, is concerned about the emotions or the experience of someone in light of justice. But our God is both of those. He is kind and just Hosea 12.6 says, therefore, return to your God, observe kindness and justice, and wait for your God continually. Micah 6.8 says, he has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. As you move into the New Testament, though, if you were to do a word study on kindness, it is most often paired with a different word, which is love. God's wrath was satisfied towards sin in Jesus on the cross. He paid the price for our sin in full, thus satisfying the wrath of God. Justice has been served. And now for his incredible love for you and I, has sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sin. We experience his kindness through his great love for us. We read that in Titus 3, 4, and 5. It says, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. God is just. God is love. God is kind. It's an attribute of who he is. The second thing that we see in scripture is that kindness is a fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5, and 23 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Chick-fil-A has taught us anything is that you can train a 16-year-old to smile and say, my pleasure, right? (laughs) But that does not mean that they have a kind heart. Often training goes in one ear and out the other. It's a learned behavior. But the difference between being nice and being kind is while you can train a child to be nice, kindness comes from a transformed heart. As we have an encounter with God, as we give our lives To him, he is kindness, and he gives us his spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. It's sealed in us. He's marked us as his. And as we walk with him, just like things that would bear fruit, some happens quicker than others. Some take time, but he begins to work that fruit out in our lives, that kindness wouldn't just be a smile and a nod or a word, but that it would be something that people feel. You can feel the difference between someone who's being nice and someone who's being kind. And it's because of the evidence of a transformed heart. God bears that fruit in our lives. So it's an attribute of God, a fruit of the Spirit. Then the last thing that we see in Scripture is that it's an action, much like Webster's and Oxford and the biblical definition would suggest. If you would say that I'm a kind person, which I would imagine all of us will, that there should be moments in our day, moments in our week, where kindness is expressed in making ourselves useful to other people. In Acts 28.2, Paul finds himself shipwrecked on an island, and he says this, The native people showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all, because it had begun to rain and was cold. Another way to think about this is that in showing kindness, there should be moments throughout our day where someone could take a picture of us doing it. When I think about this example from Paul, it's raining and cold, the natives have come together, they've got some covering, they're kindling firewood, they're blowing it to get the thing going, right? It's an act that you could very well take a picture of. Normally, this would take a picture. (laughs) But you get the point, right? (laughs) (laughs) You could take a picture of yourself doing it. I was thinking, like, I know this button's supposed to make this thing go off, and it did. But it's one of the things that I loved about Serve Day. Thousands of us across all of our campuses yesterday, showed up for a rally, went out in survey Day shirts, people online all around the country, but we, we did very practical things, showed up to rake leaves and paint homes and demo homes, doing things for folks that might have felt overlooked or neglected or not cared for, maybe felt so deep in problems that they couldn't resolve on their own. We got to actually go and show kindness to represent the heart of God to the moments that people could have taken a picture of to capture but how many of you would agree with me if kindness is an action, making oneself useful to another? It's a lot easier for me to be kind to some people than it is others. Whether that's because we like the same sports team, we, we get along, our personalities go together, we have fun when we hang out together, our kids are in the same sports and we get to catch up every now and then. There's some folks where it's just easy. But for other folks, man, it can just feel like we're butting heads and pin up against each other. It can be hard for me to express kindness to those people. It made me think about 10 or 15 years ago, Katie's dad is an international school teacher and uh, has lived all over the world teaching, and occasionally we'll go visit him. And at this point, our girls were five or six years old, and uh, he was living in Bangkok. And so we flew over there to, uh, to see him. We had a long list of things we were going to do, all the tourist stuff. But one of the items we were really excited about was bathing elephants. And so we wade, wade into this river, and don't picture, like, a zoo. There's no concrete or fences. Like, we are in the bush of Bangkok with these, like, park rangers who have essentially been assigned to protect and care for the elephants. And so there's, like, baby elephants and teenage elephants, grandpa elephants, like, all ages. They're all in the river. And we walk out there, and they give you these big brushes, like you're going to brush your garage floor with kind of deal. And so... We wade out into the water and they have buckets of water and they toss the soapy water onto the elephants and you walk out there in the river and you're like scrubbing them and getting all up in their ear and their trunks are wrapping around you, smacking you in the bottom, spraying water on you. You're like, oh, I love it, man, elephants. <laughs> it like, a special, special moment. It was awesome. But the one thing they don't tell you about elephants in the training and preparation For this moment is that elephants poop wherever and whenever they want. And so after they've been lathered up with soap and you're massaging their sides with that brush, it gets things moving. And before you know it, this like beautiful, epic, awesome moment becomes very disturbing when you get hit in the side with what feels like driftwood, right? (laughs) But it's breakfast, okay? (laughs) What does this have to do with kindness, right? Stay with me. We don't get to control The animal's in the river with us. We don't get to control the stuff that comes at us, but we do get to control how we respond. And in that moment, we're in the river. In that moment, I didn't get mad at the elephant for pooping, because that's what elephants do, right? Oh, gosh, ah! But all too often in life, when people's stuff starts to press on us, when we get frustrated because of their lifestyle or their choices or what they do in proximity to us or how they associate with us or what they model for our kids then our kids think is normal for all of those situations that come at us, then it could be difficult for us to extend kindness. We've got to remember, Scripture tells us that that rain falls on the righteous and the wicked. Every day the sun rises for all of us. God's kindness is extended to all of us. While we were still sinners, when we were far from him is when he expressed his kindness and love by sending his son. And he's called us to do the same, to extend kindness to all people. There's a passage in Matthew 15, 10 and 11, where Jesus expresses this. He's speaking to a crowd. It says, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them. But what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. It makes me think all too often my struggle to be kind or unwillingness to be kind is out of a judgmental concern for other people's choices and how that's going to impact me. But what Jesus was saying is, it's not the stuff coming at you that's going to make you dirty. It's not the stuff coming at you that's going to defile you, but what comes out of you. And for each of us, when we struggle to extend kindness, when we struggle to be kind with people that we don't get along with or just don't like all that much, it ought to be a teaching moment for us that, man, there's still some fruit that God needs to bear in me. There's still some opportunities for me to grow. So the question then is, what does it look like for us to be a kind people, for me to be a kind person? A couple thoughts for us. The first of which, I can be a kind person when I experience the kindness of God for myself, when I experience his kindness for myself. It was my junior year of high school. I grew up going to church, went to a Baptist church and did all the things, kids camps, Easter plays, Awanas, any kind of church thing. We were there all the time. I had my first kiss at the church. That's kind of weird, but just so you know, all of my life happened at church, okay? And so I could tell you all the stories. I knew all about God. I knew all about the Bible characters, um, knew a lot about him. But if you would have asked me, my thought about God's countenance towards me was of anger and disappointment. I did not think he was pleased with me. I thought me living out my faith was largely about making this mighty God happy with me until my junior year of high school. I was at Shandon Baptist Church in Columbia. Uh, it was a youth rally. The speaker is presenting the good news about Jesus, this free gift of God, his kindness and love towards us. And if it, was, it was as if in a moment the, the page turned. And this God I had always seen as angry and disappointed in me. I felt his loving kindness. I felt as if he was inviting me into a relationship. Tears started to flow down my cheek. My buddies were like, what's wrong with you, man? What are you doing? Nothing, bro. It's Allergy, you know, like trying to hold it together. And finally, I had to stand up and just respond. I went down to the front, and in that moment, everything changed. But here's what I can tell you. For the rest of my life, the older that I've gotten, I've communicated to myself in some way, That it was about me still making him happy. But the reality is he was inviting me into a relationship that he had initiated all on his own. Romans 2, 4 says, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. His kindness. He loved me. He pursued me even when I was far from him. To the moment that it brought about the opportunity for me to receive that good news on fertile soil in my heart and change. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ in God forgave you. Deuteronomy 7.9 says, know therefore that the Lord your God, he is good. He is God. He is faithful, who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousandth generation, to those who love him and keep his commands. Man, his countenance towards each of us is loving kindness. And I had spent so much of my life up to that point and even now struggle receiving him in that way, that he delights in you, that he is pleased with you. And I know for some of you, you're here today and you've seen him and thought of him and even maybe related to him, much like I always had. And today, my prayer for you is that he would turn the page in your heart, that when you close your eyes and think about him, that it would be with great delight that his kindness is inviting you into a relationship with him. So here's what I would love to do. Normally, we have a moment, give you an opportunity to respond to God at the end of each service. But I've always been a lousy gift giver. If it's like Christmas or your birthday and I have a gift, I can never wait till the right moment to give it to you. I always want to rap and be like, yo, what's up, man? I got you a little something. (laughs) You You know, just excited to give it. And this is the moment in today's message that I've been most excited for, because I've been praying you would have that junior year of high school experience that I did, where the, the fear, the anger, the angst I felt like God had towards me was turned. So I just want to invite you, if you'd take just a minute and, and bow your head and close your eyes, and if you're here today or online or at a campus and you would say, you know what, I don't know that I've ever experienced the kindness of God personally. If you would desire that today, would you just raise your hand for me? I want to take a minute and pray for each of you and invite you to pray with me. If you just repeat this prayer, God, I desire to experience your kindness today personally through your love that was expressed in the gift of Jesus. Might I see you as a God who delights in me, who loves me, who so loved me that you sent your son to die on the cross for my sin. Would you allow that page to be turned in my heart that I might not see you, is one who is angry or disappointed, but one who loves and pursues and cares. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can you join me and celebrate, folks? I saw hands going up around the room. People had made that decision. That's a big deal. That is awesome. So if I'm going to be a kind person, it's got to start with me experiencing the kindness of God for myself. After we've done that, God invites us to extend it to a group of people that is largely the most difficult for us, largely because we know all of the reasons we should not be kind to them. In fact, they're the people that we're most often frustrated with, uh, calling names, disappointed in, and of any group that would be worthy of kindness. It's not this one. After I've experienced the kindness of God for myself, I, number two, have to extend the kindness of God to myself. Would any of you agree with me that you are your worst critic? It's like, man, all too often... I'll find myself doing things that I said I wasn't going to do, not doing things that I said I was going to do, doing things I said I would stop doing, right? Constantly just disappointed in myself and not meeting or reaching the standards that I set for myself. And anytime I find myself in those moments or experiencing that, the the soundtrack that's going on in my mind is, you idiot. You might look the part, but you're not playing it. You're never going to get this right. You're never going to change. You said you were going to do it. You're not going to do it, bozo. 2nd I'll call myself these names in my mind, beat myself up on the inside just being a critic. And the reason that it's so dangerous is that, number one, the more I speak that over myself, the longer I'm going to be incapable of seeing myself the way God does. But secondly, if I'm willing to call myself all those names, It's just a flip of the coin before I'm willing to call you those names as well. Whether it's in my mind or out of my mouth, we're never going to be a kind people until we extend the kindness of God to ourselves. Ephesians 2, 4 through 8 says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. Everybody say gift from God. The longer we walk with him, the longer we grow up and are coming to church and are going through the behaviors and motions of our faith, we can tell ourselves and somehow start believing that this thing is in some way rooted in my behavior or performance. In order for me to be a good employee, right? I have to work hard. I have to meet my goals. I have to do good. In order for me to be a good husband, right? I have to serve my wife, partner with her, work with her. I have to perform well, because if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? Most every other area of our lives, the outcome of whatever it is I'm doing is in some way directly attached to my ability to perform. And all too often, we can project that same line of thinking on our faith. But what this passage is saying is, bro, this thing has never been about you. It's never been about what you bring to the table, how well you perform, the number of things you do right, how many weekends in a row you come to church, days in a row you read your Bible, whether or not you've given. He has accounted for you. It has always been about him. It is a free gift from God, and that should be good news to all of us today for the inner critic within us. The next time you hear him start to whisper in your ear for you to say, hey, God has accounted for me. He knew I would struggle with this. He knew this would be a hard change for me. He knew I would drop the ball, and he still chose to extend his love and kindness to me in Christ that I might receive this free gift. Right? I just wish you could take that inner critic and throat punch him, Right? but hopefully this this is the way you could do it. Say, not today, Satan, I will not speak that over me. So I have to experience his kindness personally. I have to extend his kindness to myself. And after I've done that, number three, I can be a kind person when I express the kindness of God to others. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind to one another. Philippians 4.5 says, let your kindness be known to most people. The Lord is near. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That ain't what it says. (laughs) let <laughs> says, let your kindness be evident to all people. Let it be evident. Let it be felt. Let it be seen. Let it be actions that you walk out to all people, not just those that it's easy, right? But to all people. Just this past weekend, I was putting our kids to bed, and only because I didn't realize what time it was. Have you ever had one of those nights as a parent where the kids are kind of quiet and house is relatively peaceful, and then you realize it's way past bedtime? Well, it was 11 o'clock and I had told myself I was going to be in bed at 10 o'clock to get up early. So I'm mad at myself. Oh, you bozo. I can't believe you let time slip away. And then all of a sudden I just whipped into drill sergeant mode like, hey, hey, we're going to bed. Everybody up to bed. I'm going to brush my teeth. No, you don't. You can do it in the morning. We're going to bed right now. It's 11 o'clock. What are y'all even thinking? You know, it's like, what was I thinking? That was a problem. So dad, can we watch a movie? Fine. Go lay down in the playroom, get the blankets, watch a movie We're it's bed. We're going to bed. Just got all whipped up. They all go upstairs, and I, in my head, I'm thinking like, well, pastor, it's time to go work on your message on kindness. It's, it's good. <laughs> About that moment, one of the boys comes back downstairs. Dad, and just seeing him, I'm like, I told you what to do. Movie and bed, why are you here? I'm just thinking that. I didn't say it. Why are, you, why are you here? He says, Dad, I didn't want to watch a movie. Would you mind if I lay in my bed and read a book? It's like, read a book? No! I told you you could watch a movie. Do what I said. Oh, he walks upstairs. We're going to be offering parenting classes later this month for any of you (laughs) interested. He walks off, and just in that moment, I'm like, man, obviously the better choice would have been to read a book, but I just wanted him to obey. I wanted him to do what I said. I was frustrated because it was so late, and it had slipped up on me. So I send him upstairs, and I look at Katie. And I'm like, ah, I'm the worst at these decisions. I just want him to do what I said. And I bark at him, and i got to work on this kindness message. you know. So, so I walk upstairs, and I'm like, hey, buddy, listen. Daddy doesn't always respond the best. I didn't realize it was so late. I yelled at y'all, and I took it out on you. I told you couldn't read. That's You're the best kid. That's a better option, right? <laughs> of course you can read. I'm sorry. Do you forgive me? He's like, yeah, Dad, I forgive you. Well, the unique thing about this passage, kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. It's something God births out within us. But I think one of the reasons he tells us to clothe ourselves with compassion is that we might be mindful of how we appear, that there would be moments where the work he's doing on the inside of us would resonate with what we see on the outside of us. And clothing (laughs) ourselves with kindness does not mean that we're always going to get it right, but it does mean that we can always make it right. And, church, I know heading into this season when division and tension and anger is just gonna soar, we have the opportunity as the people of God to set a tone for kindness. Not as a perfect people that are gonna get it right every time, but as a people that can be quick to repent, as a people that can express the the love and the kindness of God as we ask others, hey, will you forgive me? I dropped the ball, I shouldn't have done that. That people would be marked by the transforming work that God is doing in our lives, and that ultimately, It would invite them into a relationship with him to experience the love and kindness of God for themselves. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this time. And I thank you so much for your love and kindness for each of us. And even even preaching this message, God, I I know that all too often, the thoughts I have of you, the way I feel about you is that you're disappointed with me that you're angry with me. And I I know there's so many friends hearing this message that feel the same. And I just pray today that each of us would personally experience the God of love and kindness. That while we were in our sin, you so loved us that you sent your son to pay the price for our sin in full. Help us to see your countenance as one who delights in us, the smile you have above us. God, help us to extend kindness to all people, that it would be evident to all. That people's lives would be marked by the way that we act towards them, but also by the work that you're doing in us. God, be with us today as we respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you're new here to Seekos, this is my favorite part of every service. Our worship team's gonna come back up. I just wanna invite you to hang tight for a few minutes and consider two questions. God, what are you saying to me? And what am I gonna do about it? And for some of you, it's in that area of experiencing the kindness of God for yourself whether it's a mindset, whether it's a decision you need to make of surrendering your life, giving your life to him. I'd invite you to come forward to see members of our prayer team. They'll be here at the front and throughout the room in the alcoves, but they would love to pray over you, that you would experience the kindness of God for yourself. Maybe for others, it's about extending his kindness to yourself. Maybe your inner narrative can be much like mine. And today you want to go to a cross, write those words on a sheet of paper. Idiot. Bozo. It's going to be funny reading those, pulling them off the cross. But for you to remember, Jesus died for that, that you might see yourself as righteous, as holy, as set apart, that you might clothe yourself with all that he came to offer us. But you can write those words. Maybe it's people that you struggle to be to be kind to. You can write those on a sheet of paper and pin it to the cross. Maybe for others today, it's about expressing his kindness to others. And your next step is going to be to go And light a candle. You can just pray, okay, God, all people, by the power of your spirit, would you help me to extend kindness to them? After we've had some time to respond, we'll sing and celebrate an awesome God, give of our offerings generously. But what is he saying to you, and what are you going to do about it? Let's respond together.